When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour underway here of Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. I'm up uh, north in the domicile uh, today. Jeff, of course, uh, in the ARN Compound Studios, and he is there with our producer, Cam Parker. Hey, uh, a couple of programming notes uh, before we get to and, – and, Jeff, is there anything that we uh, need to clean up from hour number one on the uh, Specs text line? So uh, you can check that out and peruse that. Uh, what I will do in the interim here is to tell – uh, folks, about a couple of programming notes. Uh, coming up this evening, we have a special uh, women's basketball edition of Longhorn Weekly at Pluckers tonight at 6.30 with Vic Schaefer. And we'll have a couple of Longhorn players. I think we're going to have Deanna Gaston and Shay Holly out there with us uh, this evening at Pluckers, the West Campus location there at 2222 Rio Grande, same that uh, same uh, location where uh, we do Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry every week and with Sark during football season. Uh, it's at 6.30 tonight, and if you want to have um, you know great conversation, of course, obviously great wings, you can come out and visit Vic and with the players tonight at Pluckers, the West Campus location. And if you can't make it out but you want to listen to the program, uh, that program will be on 105.3 The Bat on our, you know, our Longhorns flagship station for women's athletics for – uh, both uh, basketball and softball, uh, women's basketball and softball. It'll be tonight, Pluckers, the West Campus location, 6.30, Longhorn Weekly with Vic Schaefer. Uh, we, we uh, you know, uh, put together three uh, of the special edition programs for women's basketball, and this is the second of the three. The last one, interestingly enough, is going to be the Monday of Big 12 Conference Tournament Week, Monday, March 6th, uh, the final Longhorn Weekly program of the season with Rodney Terry will be on Thursday, the second, heading into that Kansas game. So we have two editions of Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry. One is tomorrow night and then one on March the 2nd. And I think, I'm I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think Brock Cunningham is going to join us tomorrow night, uh, Jeff. So uh, uh, we'll have – The mayor of Austin. Yeah. Well, we'll have it, which leads me into this number I was going to get to. Do we have any uh, uh, cleanup from our number one that um, we need to get to? You know what we do, but go ahead and get to the Brock number because can, I, I can help explain this if, if it get, gets lost Good. in translation at all. Yeah, so. a little bit of a little bit of uh, context, certainly. Uh, Matt Butler, who, of course, uh, we've both known him for years and years and, and worked with us and was uh, 
our uh, studio producer over at the other place, and of course does an outstanding job with you and uh, so, and uh, Rod B on the our, Blitz podcast. Our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz. Well, and here you go. He sent me this stat at halftime of the game last night, and this this was the stat that that uh, Matt said. He and it goes like this: just because the stat is so crazy for two consecutive years, I wanted to share it with you. Texas. Now listen carefully to this. Texas outscores their opponents by forty and a half points per. Every 100 possessions mm-hmm. when Brock is on the court. The net rating is a plus 40.5. The offensive rating is a 138.7. The defensive rating is a 98.2. Last year, Brock's net rating was 41.4. He was light years ahead of everyone else on last year's team, too. And he sent me a photo. It says, this picture is for the 2021-2022 team. Rarely is one player so far ahead. So last uh, last year, a 40.5. Uh, and again, that number is points per 100 yes, possessions. Yes, per 100 possessions, yep. Yeah, and and uh, and then after last night's game where, where Brock scored eight points in the second half, he, he updated this morning and said Brock's net rating is up to 42.3 last night. The offensive rating is an even 140. The defensive rating is rounding at 97.6. His true shooting percentage of 66.8% leads the team, too. For context, uh, Kevin Durant had a total shooting of 67.3 and said uh, uh, the uh, total shooting percentage uh, just accounts for uh, threes and and free throws instead of just field goals. So uh, I – you know, I thought I said it on the air, and then there were a couple of people that tweeted about it, saying, "Did you hear uh, Craig say that when Brock's on the floor, the team scores an extra forty points per game?" <laughs> it's not no, what I said. No, <laughs> and, and I said, "No, it's it's an additional forty point five points for every one hundred possession." So, for context, Jeff, you know, folks, I mean, that's obviously it's a, it's a statement of productivity on Brock's part, but his effect on the game when he's on the floor. Yeah, so I found this from uh, CB, it's at, uh, C, at CBB Analytics on Twitter. And they looked at, uh, oh, man, I just lost it. Where was I? Uh, oh, geez, I just lost it. Hold on just a sec, Craig. Oh, man, hold on. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I love when that happens with computers. I love that it does happen. Yeah, give me just a sec. Because I had, it's a stat that really, um Jives with exactly what we're talking about here. There we go. Uh, it's the the three player lineup combos with the highest net rating in the Big Twelve, and we can go into this you know later if uh, people wanted to. This is with a minimum of 150 minutes played. Uh, your most uh, your highest net rating lineup of three players on the field. This was as of the 17th, so this was before uh, the Iowa State game. Your three-person lineup with the highest net rating in the conference was Texas with Serge Ibari Rice, Brock Cunningham, and Christian Bishop. Number two is a three-person lineup with Serge Ibari Rice, Timmy Allen, and Brock Cunningham. Number three, uh, number four in the Big 12 is the three-person lineup of Marcus Carr, Jabari Rice, and Brock Cunningham. Then you've <laughs> got a lineup with Carr, Rice, and Bishop, Carr, Allen, and Cunningham, Carr, Rice, and Dylan Mitchell, 
uh, Tyrese Hunter, Rice, and Cunningham. So basically any kind of the most efficient three-person lineup Texas can have on the floor, according to this analytics study, Brock Cunningham is involved in just about all of them. It's amazing to think about. But, but I, you know, I know you've thought about this before ever seeing those numbers, those analytics. I've thought about it a lot, depending on the combos that are on the floor. And it's crossed my mind from time to time about this particular combo works really well together. I remember thinking that. They, 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 you know, they get stops on the defensive end, make some key baskets on the offensive end, and now here are analytic numbers to back it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, re- I just remember thinking that at times this season, you know, when Brock's been out there about, hey, I really like this line, whether it's Brock and CB and, and, uh, and Rice or whatever it might be, thinking this is a good lineup. It works well together. Well, there are numbers now to back that up. So as, as amazing as that might sound to some folks, as amazing as that might be, uh, there, there are numbers to back it up for how he affects the game in terms of, you know, certainly instant off any of 10 first-half points against Oklahoma. He had eight second-half points last night and gets them, you know, in a flurry, but then also affects the game with his defense and forces teams to pass away from him, and then they might turn it over or miss a contested shot. One thing that happened last night, I'm sure you noticed this, they made Gabe Kalsher take some really – hard-guarded, well-defended deep threes that had little chance of going in. The three three-pointers that Kalsher made were coming off screens, you know, around the arc at the wings or at the top of the arc when he had a clean open look. Mm-hmm. When he was down from the wing going toward the baseline, Marcus Carr and or Tyrese Hunter and or somebody else was in his face, and he was taking fade-away, fall-away three-pointers. And it was, and it was really – Kind of putting him in a in in a in an unadvantageous position, and as a result of that, he missed obviously more than he made in the game, and that was part of the defense we talked about last night. Yeah, I uh, you know when you look at Brock too, and I, I wrote this uh, for a story on Horns twenty four seven that ran the morning of the Oklahoma game on Saturday. Uh, it was based off the you know Brock's quotes that he's planning on coming back next year. Uh, he's determined yeah, for to that sixth year. Yeah, uh-huh. he's, he's going to use the COVID year, and why not? Um, hey, if you can get another degree and the school's going to pay for it, then more power to you. Yeah, right? and, and, and and we've pointed this out, Jeff. He's in a two-year master's program in advertising. Right. I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow night along the week, and he loves it, absolutely loves it. But you know, Why not? You, you, know he, you know what he brings from an energy standpoint, the way he defends, but there's two things that are different with Brock this year. One is that now, and he devoted a lot of time in the offseason to working on his shot, and it, he's he talked about in his Zoom call with the media last week, that being kind of a, progre- uh, a, a progression thing for him since he got here of really trying to not just work on a shot but develop it, develop mechanics, and then kind of hone the craft. And that's why he's a legitimate shooting threat that can help spread the floor now. It's not like it was in previous years where if Brock's out there, okay, you know you don't really have to account for him and the defense can sag off of him. Now if you do, he can make you pay. So that's a benefit to having him out there. Uh, from one standpoint. The other thing goes back to what he and I talked about at Big 12 Media Day when I said, you know, what are you looking to change this year? You know, how do you stay out of foul trouble but still be aggressive? He said, I just have to make sure that when I'm making physical plays that they're smart plays that don't hurt the team. And we're seeing fewer of those. We're still seeing him make the same kind of impact with the hustle plays, 
but he's not making those ones that you're like, oh, wish you really had that one back because you couldn't use a foul right there or, or something along those lines. Or, yeah, you didn't need to be that aggressive because now we're putting a guy on the line or they get a fresh shot clock or whatever. Uh, he's play- He's still playing tough basketball, but it's much smarter basketball. Well, and he's having to do this. Eddie Warren, who has seen far more basketball and forgotten far more basketball than I'll ever know. And, and, and I grew up in a basketball state and following the ACC, and I feel like I know the game pretty well. But I'll tell you what, it, it, working next to EO all these years has, has taught me so much about basketball. It, and he noticed right out of the gate, very early in the season, uh, how much he'd improved his shot. Did you ever see, Jeff, did you ever see the movie Urban Cowboy? Uh, was that the Travolta bull yeah. riding mechanical yep. bull gimmick? Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you beat for beat what goes on, but I get the gist of it, yeah. There's a scene in the movie. It's toward the end of the movie. And uh, Scott Glenn is like the antagonist, the former prison guy, excellent bull rider who had won and stuff like that in the past. And, and of course, the love interest is Deborah Winger, who was married to Travolta, and then they were, like, separated during the deal, and they were going to get a divorce, and so she hooks up with – with, with Scott Glenn, who had been the best bull rider from the, the prison rodeo thing. And uh, they come back, and uh, uh, and they have this bull riding contest, the, the mechanical bull at Gillies in Houston mm-hmm. for $5,000. And Travolta, who had learned it from his uncle Bob, which is Barry Corbin, uh, and uh, who, uh, you know, he'd learned, he'd learned some tricks, gets on that deal, and he's going, and he's going, and – Scott Glenn leans over to Deborah Winger and says, your boy's been practicing. (laughs) So early in the season, Eddie Oren looks over at me and says, Brock's been working on his shot for a long time. I can tell it. He's been practicing. He'd been in the gym. He spent countless hours in the gym. I asked Rodney Terry about it. I asked Chris Beard about it at the start of the year. I asked Rodney Terry about it. I I asked Brock about it. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, tomorrow night if he's out there with us, that, that about how much work he had to put into his shot. Remember how mechanical and unfluid the shot looked when he first mm-hmm. came in? Yeah. Uh, he's worked extremely hard on it. And um, and so he's riding that mechanical bull right now. I think, doing, the, I think the best thing you can say about Brock, Craig, how I would sum up his how he's evolved as a player it's not a it's not a gimmick thing, right? It's not a bit to bring him off the bench and and give you you know three to five tough minutes. Like he he is a legit threat that at both ends of the floor now is helping you win basketball games. No doubt about that. All right, uh, coming up, we're gonna have a flex thirty update, and uh, we'll have a, a second hour Longhorn notebook. We're gonna hear from David Pierce. And, uh, Jeff, do you have any additional notes that you need to put in there as well? Yeah, I'll have, I'll have a couple baseball items, yeah. Good, good. All right, so that's coming up here as we continue with hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. I see 
This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Wade, Jeff Howe with you. Cam Parker, our producer. As we take you through this Wednesday. And uh, what Wednesday means is at this time of year, you're coming off Tuesday by district for boys and regional quarterfinal playoff action for the girls, which leads us to our Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Well, my district playoff action continued. Remember, there were some Monday games. We mentioned Westwood. Westlake, one-point game. Westlake won that. That was on Monday night when they played and the uh, televised game on uh, Monday night that uh, Zay was working with Roger Wallace with Buta Johnson it, advancing uh, with their win over Vandegrift. And then uh, and then uh, our own Cam Parker uh, calling uh, an impressive win for Eastview in the by-district round for the boys over McCallum. All of those were Monday games. Last night, how about Round Rock? They beat Lake Travis. 37 to 24. Cam, it always makes me smile when I look and I see a photo of a quarterback working hard on the basketball floor. And there's Mason Cochran chasing down a loose ball <laughs> in, in that game last night uh, that Round Rock beat Lake Travis. Nice win for the Dragon. Only their fourth ever postseason victory. That's a huge win. Greg, especially over our Lake Travis team that was, you know, kind of sneaky throughout the district season. Didn't really know if they were how good or bad they were going to be. What a win for Mason Cochran and the Dragons. Uh, you might say avenging the football playoff loss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that. So did that. Uh, that's uh, that's on the boys' side in addition to what we saw the other night. And on the girls' side, both Pflugerville and Hendrickson are going to the Sweet 16. Uh, they both won. Uh, Hayes uh, could not advance past San Antonio Wagner. Uh, Lake Travis fell to San Antonio Clark. That was on Monday. Uh, Marble Falls and Salado both were eliminated on Monday night. But Hendrickson uh, beat College Station 74-41. They're going to the regional tournament. Pflugerville beat Montgomery Lake Creek 56-27. Hendrickson and Pflugerville shared the district. You know all about that, Cam, those two uh, programs. Hendrickson, who's 32-5, and and Pflugerville 31-6. and Yeah, two teams I would not be surprised if they make it down to the state championship. Well, here's here's what's going to happen. They're both in the regional tournament. They're in the Sweet 16. Pflugerville playing the winner of the Fulcher-Laporte regional quarterfinal. Henriksen playing the winner of the Manville-Barbers-Hill game. So they're on opposite sides of the Sweet 16 bracket. That's Friday afternoon in Katy is when they'll, they'll play in the regional semifinals. So it is very, very conceivable that Henriksen and Pflugerville both will win and then meet in the Elite Eight with a berth in the UIL State Tournament on the line. And remember, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. Remember, Craig, they split their season series this season, so that'll be a really fun matchup if we get that. Yep, looking forward to that if it uh, if it happens uh, that week. So, uh, both of those teams, good luck to them, headed to the Sweet 16. All right, uh, that's our Flex hey, 30 update. Hey, just real, real yeah. quick, Craig, because somebody asked on the Specs text line about this game, and I, I just found it within the hour. Uh, you've got a massive area round matchup on the boys' side. Yeah. How about Westlake and San Marcos? That's going to be 7.30 Friday night at Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. That should be an awful lot of fun. 
there, Westlake, San Mar and San Marcos. What a great season. You've kept up very closely with what the Rattlers have done mm-hmm. this season, Jeff. Yeah, we talked yeah, about had, them maybe being a, a team that could come out of Region 4. Yep, absolutely. So uh, that's a, a second-round, area-round matchup for the boys on Friday night. We'll get into more of those coming up as well as those uh, Sweet 16 matchups and all classifications for the girls tomorrow. All right, there it is. There's your Flex 30 update. Time now for our second hour, Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert and your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. Jeff, how long did you end up getting to stay in baseball? I mentioned I had to leave after the bottom of the third to head over to get ready for basketball. I know you were going to stay as long as you possibly thought you could. Uh, I felt like the drop-dead point for me was right at the end of the sixth inning. So making okay. that transition from the sixth to the seventh. Hey, Craig, before we talk baseball, just one, one more Brock Cunningham nugget. Uh, yeah. I want to thank Nick Moyle from the San Antonio Express News slash Houston Chronicle for this. So Brock uh-huh. Cunningham last night, Craig, was plus 25 and a plus minus in 23 minutes. For uh, folks who don't know what that means. Uh, basically, how how you know how much are you contributing to the team in terms of plus yep. minus factors and turnovers and you know field goals and all that stuff. So for the year... Brock Cunningham is plus 227. The only players that have a better plus minus in the Big 12 than him over the course of the season, Grady Grady Dick, Marcus Carr, Jabari Rice. Oh, wow. Okay. That's it. Wow. So three of the four top plus minus ratings in the Big 12 belong to Texas Longhorn. Yep. Well, that's why they're tied for first with Kansas. There you have it. Yeah. But yeah, I, so so baseball. So back to back to uh, yeah. little hardball. Uh, yeah, I I stayed to the bottom of the six. After the bottom of the six, I was like, all right, because at that point it's like seven ten ish, seven oh five, seven ten. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I probably I don't need to get myself in a bind trying to park and everything. So that that's when I left. Hey, by the way, did you have any trouble getting out of the parking garage? No, because I I leave I leave so late after everybody else does. Everybody's gone by the time I leave. So. Okay, well, here's why. I meant, so the gates were open when you left? Yeah. Okay. So here's what I encountered yesterday. Right, row. First of all, did, did, did you have any trouble uh, getting into the garage, first of all? Mm, no. Did your QR code work? Oh, are you, are you talking about for baseball? I thought for you were talking, talking about for hoops. No, Let, no. Let's, no, uh so I had my parking deal pulled up. It never showed right. a barcode or a QR code or anything. They just let me through. Like they didn't even okay. answer the question. They just let me through. But no, oh, I didn't well, have a, a I didn't have a problem getting out either. So that was okay. fine. Okay. All right, that's a good thing. That 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 worked that way because uh because here's what happened. I wasn't the only one who had this problem yesterday getting into the garage. And of course I was there so, you know, I was there at twelve forty five. I was there, you know, obviously four hours and 15 minutes ahead of the game because we had to get equipment set up and stuff like that for the home opener. Well, um, the barcode didn't work to raise the gate. So mm-hmm. we thought, okay, well, that's all right. You pull the ticket going in, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Tom Barfield did the same thing. Uh, Kevin Rodriguez at UT did the same thing. So uh, we thought, okay, it's because we're here too early. That's the reason. So we could park. When I left after the third, you know, it was, it's like 6.05. Mm-hmm. And I raced downstairs to get into the parking garage to get into the truck because I've got to get over to the Maynard garage to get ready to, for the uh, for the basketball game. 
So I zip down there, I get in there, and I go to go out, and the gates are down. And uh, I, you know, then I, I hold the QR code to it. It does no good. So the gate stays down. So I push the button to call the attendant, and they were like as confused as I was. <laughs> going, well, it should work. And I'm like, it doesn't work. And so then uh, there were other people trying to get in. To, to the garage and couldn't get in, and the parking attendants were really – I was stuck in there for somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes before I could oh, finally get somebody that could get – Yeah, and for me, who knew I had to get over into the main of the garage and get into the arena to get downstairs to record the pregame interview with Rodney Terry, yeah, my, my own personal temperature was going up a little bit. Uh, but they got it done and all that, and I, I feel bad – for Longhorn Athletics because that's out of their control. That's a <clears> – <throat> the dirty words, UT parking and transportation. The devil. Yep. That's their department. And uh, that's the way I've, I've been told and how it goes. That is their, uh, their deal. And it was – apparently the system got confused because of the access and egress. Uh, that folks that were they were going to be allowed at a certain time on the clock, I think after 5.30, to allow to come in to park for basketball. And the system got confused with those coming in for baseball or leaving because of baseball. And so the gates were like, hold on, we're not even opening. You know, that kind of thing, the gates themselves. So it was an issue. Fortunately, that's the only head-to-head overlapping situation uh, for uh, baseball and men's basketball. Well, that's that's the only one like yeah. that this year. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, hopefully that won't. Now th- there's the possibility maybe of a uh, Saturday home game against, I think it's against New Orleans, which would be first round NCAA tournament weekend if the women are playing at home and the times overlap, possibly. But uh, but for the men, that was it. That was the only one. So anyway, yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty dicey for a little bit. Uh, the game itself was not dicey. LeBaron Johnson looked the best he's ever looked uh, on the mound as a Longhorn in five innings, his first career start, his first career victory. That was part and parcel of the conversation our Keith Moreland had when he went down to the postgame interview with head coach David Pierce. Coach, home cooking, all that goes into, into the mix, but it starts 60 feet, six inches away, and LeBaron was just outstanding tonight. Yeah, he really was. I mean, if, if that kid can continue to get better and hone that, um, I mean, that's All-American stuff. That's future big league stuff. And, you know, he's such a hard worker and does everything right. And for him to go out and have success like that with three pitches and mixing the ball so well, and just a brilliant night for uh, LBJ. I'm really proud of him. You told us uh, that, you know, you were proud of the fact that he, he got ahead and then he could use that mix. Yeah. You know, he really – you know, he and Woody went to work on the split, and it's outstanding. And that, the slider, and, you know, up to 96, you know, if he can stay in that zone and stay away from those three-ball counts and base on balls, he's going to be uh, exceptional. And, and the other piece of that is he's learning how to be comfortable on the mound and manage the game and manage runners and not be overwhelmed. And so uh, really just a great night for him. You come back offensively, you start to get things going, and, and those hits with runners in scoring position, there's just no substitute for it. Huge. You know, we um, hit a double play early. Guys kept having good at-bats, and uh, 
Then, you know, Jack comes up with the big two-out, uh, two two-strike hit. EK comes up with the big two-strike uh, triple, I believe. And, you know, just that's what we have to do. We have to stay in the at-bats, grind it out, and, uh, you know, put the ball in play, and good things will happen for us. Last thing I got is... That was close at third base for you. <laughs> and now listen, I will say this. Trey hit one hooking at me last year, and I thought that was close. I happened to look at the runner at second, and when I turned, the ball was right at me, and it was coming right at my face. And I don't know how close it looked on TV, but it felt like it was uh, on top of me, and I thought I was dead. Uh, Coach, I was watching, and it <laughs> was right on top of you. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it, Keith. Uh, okay, so I didn't get to see it. Did you get to see that one? Yeah, that was that was scary because you remember the one last year he was talking about, right? And I, I joked with him afterwards. I'm like, you should have like one tried, to, hit. Yeah, tried to go into a handstand or something because he just kind of tumbled back on that one. Now, this one, he's right. Like, if he hadn't been looking, if he hadn't just glanced, it would have been it would have been a uh, a rough night for the skipper, to say the least. It would have wow. been, been bad. Who, like, now, who was it that hit it? Oh, you had to ask. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, all right, so line shot. Foul yes, yeah, it was It was a hard liner. Screamer. Yeah, well, good Good that it missed him. Uh, that's for sure. Good <laughs> Very that he good. was able to get out of the way on that. Um, yeah, so uh, the win and uh, their first win of the season and now one in three and the Indiana Hoosiers – Come to town this week. Uh, that last night was the uh, first of the five-game homestand, and uh, so they've got you know they've got uh, Indiana coming in uh, for uh, three over the weekend before LSU comes to town next Tuesday. Yeah, just qu- real quick, Craig. Uh, I think David Shaw continues to be pretty solid out of the bullpen. Uh, had a one scoreless last night, two strikeouts. Heston told two strikeouts in one inning. Uh, Dre Duplantier, and I know Coach has talked about Dre. I mean. Now that he's this long recovered from from Tommy John, maybe we'll see the Dre that we thought we were going to see. Uh, you know, when he's early in that twenty twenty season, some of the stuff he showed. Maybe we'll see him coming back into that form. And, and if he could, it'd be really good for this bullpen. Uh, but uh, you know, offensively, that was kind of the story of the night. Jack O'Dowd, Mitch Daly, both with three hits. Porter Brown, two hits. Eric Kennedy had a big triple. Obviously, Jalen Flores, you heard the cut at the top of the show in the montage with his home run. Uh, I, I just think you know, 15 hits says a lot, but also 7 for 15 with two outs, 7 for 22 with runners on, uh, 4 for 12 runners in scoring position, uh, 2 for 3 with the bases loaded. So uh, situationally, everything last night, it was it was working on offense. And, and I'll say this too for Texas baseball fans, we know this is going to be a work in progress. Uh, so it's unlike everything is cured, but you can't make wholesale proclamations on what this team is going to be in February. You know, for everybody that said, oh, Texas can't handle the SEC and they're doomed. Yeah. A&M lost a midweek game to Lamar last night. Uh, Mississippi State lost uh, a, a midweek game to ULM. What was it, 11 to 2, 11 to 5? Yeah. They got rolled. Arkansas lost to Grambling last night. So don't go thinking that. You know, in February, you're going to figure out exactly what these teams are. It's it's a long way to go in a long season. No question about it. So, I mean, it's just the first step forward on that. Next up will be on Friday evening at 630 against Indiana. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. 
Well, that's going to wrap up today's program. Craig, I'm just going to let you know, Cameron and I were yeah. talking during the break, if I see one more mock draft that has B. John Robinson going to the Eagles, I'm going to lose all faith in humanity. Maybe I should have asked him last night when I saw him at the at the game there. But by the way, the lead official, and you know who he is very well, Doug Sermons. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's a no nonsense official. Came up to me right before the start of the second half and said, "Who's that guy sitting down there with all those people around him?" I said, "That's Bijan Robinson." Oh, the running back. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> so there it is. It's okay, Doug, to get outside of the bubble every now and then. Just so you know. Okay. The more you know. All right. Uh, for our man behind the glass, our producer, Cam Parker, and for my co-host, Jeff Howell, I'm Craig Wade. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. We'll visit with you tomorrow morning on Light the Tower at 10 o'clock here on The Horn.